0: Okay. Good evening. This is uh, the Comments and Play Podcast on your D O T W Y. We are coming live at twelve forty-seven on December first. Wait us for you. Give us five stars, four stars, three us plus two stars. We are available on Spotify, Amazon Music, Samsung Podcast. And do a Google podcast, tune in. We still haven't got an Apple ID, so we're still working on Apple today. We will talk about what the Republicans didn't do, um, BLM supporting Trump, what well, year are we in, and we're going to discuss or we're going to hear the Hamas, Palestine, Israel. Let's get to It
1: and Surrounded on all sides
2: The odds of survival are a million to one T.I. with a collapse of a former superpower
3: Several powerful factions now find the soul The threat
1: is real An evil organization calling itself Scar known only as Scar Clear goal Nothing short of total world domination, Led by this man Known only as Iron And that's the way we like it GI
0: Joe Extreme Well this time GI Joe Extreme kinda of feel like the the best way to do it. Um Yeah, and this is Ninjas of a oh sorry. Sorry. This is the Common Sense Party Podcast. Our mission is to bring common sense to all the crazy stuff that we are encountering today. Okay. uh, let's, This is one thing I wanted to, to try to understand is Republicans don't like smart people. They don't like honest people. But they want to elect trump but i need y'all to listen to this check this out
4: people actually have the audacity to state what they wanted listen to this
2: and you put very sexy things like abortion and marijuana on the ballot and a lot of young people come out and vote. It, 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 was, a, it was a secret sauce for disaster in Ohio. I don't know what they were thinking, yeah. but um, that's why I'm, I I thank goodness that most of the states in this country don't allow you to put everything on the ballot because right. pure democracies <laughs> are not the way to run a country. So, so then your- okay,
0: I'm going to play it back again. Listen to what he said. He said the
2: quiet part out loud. Please listen. But uh, that's why I'm, I, I thank goodness that most of the states in this country don't allow you to put everything on the ballot because right. pure democracies are not the way to run a country. <laughs> so so then to Europe. And Wow.
0: <laughs> the man said pure democracies is not the way to run a country. The United States is a, a democracy, and we don't want to put... We don't want to put... Let's split up this one. They don't want to put ballot initiatives that aren't good for you. Listen, listen to it one more time.
2: Ohio, I don't know what they were thinking, but um, that's why I'm, I I thank goodness that most of the states in this country don't allow you to put everything on the ballot because right. pure democracies are not the way to run a country. So, so then do
0: Folks, they are saying the quiet part out loud. Listen to them. Listen to them. They're saying the quiet part out loud. They don't want you... To have a pure democracy. They just want power. They want power. That's unaltered power. Alright. Uh, I don't understand, but hey. That's just them. We're going to move to... Um, this is courtesy of Roland Martin. He's a cool cat, y'all check him out. This one is about the
4: election in 2024. Check this one out. Check this out. So Chip Roy was on the floor of the House today and was just outside of his mind in a speech. Listen to what this fool said.
1: One thing. I want my Republican colleagues to give me one thing. One. That I can go campaign on and say we did one anybody sitting in the complex if you want to come down to the floor and come explain to me one material meaningful significant thing the republican majority has done besides well i guess it's not as bad as the democrats one thing
0: ladies and gentlemen sitting house membership roy this is a, a ad that's just waiting to happen Let's hear it again.
1: Anybody sitting in the complex, if you want to come down to the floor and come explain to me one material, meaningful, significant thing the Republican majority has done besides, well, I guess it's not as bad as the Democrats.
0: Said that shit out loud because he knows that that they they didn't they don't govern. They just want to break everything. One more time, ladies and gentlemen, you got to listen to it
1: one thing. I want my Republican colleagues to give me one thing, one, that I can go campaign on and say we did. One. Anybody sitting in the complex, if you want to come down to the floor and come explain to me one material, meaningful, significant thing the Republican majority has done besides, well, I guess it's not as bad as the Democrats. One thing
0: again, he said it out loud. He said the quiet part out loud. You have Trump, you have the Republicans think they're going to win back the uh, Senate and the House and the White House. It can't be. Y- y'all got to tell me, please, y'all got to tell me how this, how this happens. Because this happened where you know that they're not doing anything. We absolutely know they are not doing anything. Absolutely nothing for the people of America. But the same people who are struggling are voting for people who are, some of them are false narratives. They do not care about you. Like I said, I challenge any Republican out there to give me a bill or something that helps 99%, the 99 percent, the people who make forty-five thousand or less, give me one bill, just one. Now that we're gonna cut Social Security, and then we're gonna fix it. No, just one. Still waiting on a medical plan. Obamacare is the, sorry, the Affordable Care Act is the law of the land, and they still haven't done it. And Obama was out of office how long? Eight years. Still haven't done it. All right. Then we have um George Soros or George Santos, whatever the goddamn name is, who's gonna be expelled. And they're talking about sending the president. Tom stop. Stop trying to cheat people out of their money and then you're gonna get kicked out of office. <laughs> All right, gonna we're gonna move to the Hamas-Israel standoff, and for people who don't know, Hamas is a government. The Palestinian people who are in Gaza are different, and Israel. Israel is not. Israel might say they play victim, but they they had a hand in in this. Uh, check this out from Roland Martin.
4: Israeli-Gaza conflict is intensifying. Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is not agreeing to a ceasefire and has vowed to move forward with its plans to wipe out Hamas since the militant group launched.
0: okay, this is happening prior to the ceasefire and you have a lot of people not understanding what it is.
4: It's a surprise attack on Israel on October 7th. More than 8000 people have been killed and tens of thousands are left homeless. The World Bank is predicting oil prices could reach uncharted waters. This conflict does not come to some resolution soon. Also, you have massive protests taking place all across the world for folks who are saying free Palestine. It's also having a significant impact on the poll numbers of President Joe Biden, as many young voters are angry with his support for Israel's response. Joining me now is counterterrorism expert, author Malcolm Nance. Malcolm, glad to have you uh, on the show. Uh, So first, uh, let's start here. Um, It has been very interesting watching all of these responses. Folks were shocked by the Hamas attack obviously israel was going to respond but now you have folks are saying wait a minute you move forward with a ground assault all of a sudden now you're displacing millions of people 2.2 million in gaza along 50 percent children uh the whole battle do you allow in uh water food uh oil things along those lines just your assessment where we are
5: now some uh 23 you know, I'm glad you've asked me that because I really want to put into into perspective what a lot of people are responding to is about three weeks old uh, in, a, in, a, in a circumstance, uh, a historical circumstance that's well over a century in the development. That's 70 years since the um, founding of Israel, which has been occurring nonstop. There's been, a you know, a circular crisis for, you know, for decades at this point. However. Let's go to the precipitating event before people say okay you're, you're you know you're bombing Palestinian children. What happened on 7 October was unprecedented. I mean unprecedented in the history of Israel. Yes, they had multiple Arab armies attack them uh 1948. They attacked multiple Arab armies in 1956 and 1967 another Arab armies attack. 1973 a surprise attack by Egypt on 6th October 1973. What what happened on 7 October 19, uh, 2023, which was 50 years plus one day, was a terrorist group Hamas, which is an international terrorist group. It, it, it carries out acts of terrorism. It is not a resistance organization. It is not freedom fighters. When they attack, they kill only civilians for a pinnacle purpose to impact an audience outside of the immediate victims definition of terrorism they attacked israel across the borders and went and hunted every man woman and child on the other side of that border they did not bypass villages to go engage the police they did not bypass towns to go engage the army in a straight battle they carried out an isis like act of terrorism and over a day, they slaughtered by hand, one by one, 1,400 individual people, literally used all their ammunition to fight the army, to execute every civilian across that border. Now, on the other hand, it did include some people you wouldn't have imagined, Uh, sub-Saharan African taxi drivers, uh, Thai guest workers, uh, people, nurses from the Philippines and India, They killed everyone, and the purpose of their operation was to launch and kill everyone, then bring 200 or more hostages back to Gaza and hope that the Israelis would go insane, come across that border in a blitz, and they would have an apocalyptic battle in the middle of 2.2 million Palestinians, and hope that they would gain the support of all the Arab world and terrorist groups around the world that and to show that israel was now fighting in the israel right now is is listening to u.s advice they are not running into this battle i call it pac-man at molasses speed which is what we would have advised them to do when we fought battles against isis and al-qaeda terrorists in iraq you go slowly you bite off sectors you isolate the enemy and you try to get the civilian population to displace. When we attacked Fallujah, ninety percent of the population of that city was gone. what had moved, had seen the fighting was coming. Palestinians, the Hamas, aren't doing that. The Palestinian population is trapped with Hamas in this uh, in the Gaza Strip. But the Israelis are going to have to carry out this operation against ice. Uh, sorry, Hamas anyway, in order to eliminate them off the face of the earth. Technically. And that's where we are.
0: All uh, right, you hear that? The uh, Hamas and the Palestinian people are two different things. The Palestinian people don't want Hamas, but Israel gave them money, and they used the money for this planned attack.
4: So uh, this is from this is from uh, Human Rights Watch, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Malcolm, uh, and they put this out on August twenty eighth um more than a month before and we talked about uh, the number of palestinian children who have been killed in uh, the west bank they said last year 2022 was the deadliest year for palestinian children uh, in the west hmm. bank uh, in more than 15 years well I, I bring that up because as we examine as we examine this 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 entire deal you talk about the number of israelis uh, who were killed uh, on october 7th uh, and we've also seen palestinians killed and, and, and so really where the struggle is now, I mean, I'm, looking at what's, I'm looking at these college campuses. I'm looking at what's happening in these cities. Uh, I'm looking at right. these massive marches uh, as well. Um, and you, you're, the number of people who literally are saying uh, highly critical uh, of Israel's action as well is that killing begets killing, begets more killing, begets more killing. And therefore, there is really no uh, end to this.
5: Uh, President, yeah. Go ahead. I hear this argument all the time. I mean, I worked in this region for 40 years. My first 10 years were spent working the Hezbollah, Israel, Palestine, Lebanon, uh, com, you know, terror environment. Uh, in fact, trying to isolate the location so that we can carry out hostage rescues of over 100 foreigners that were being held by Hezbollah in Lebanon. I mean, if you want to go back on arguments that are historical in nature, Go back to the Roman occupation of Judea in 6 BC. Or, you know, I mean, this region, this part of the world has been involved in cycles of human conflict forever. The, the, you know, the Israelis or the, you know, the Jews have been there since 1250 BC. I mean, there's, you know, there's this historical argument people want to make. I am merely trying to put it into perspective on when on, on October. If that attack had occurred in the United States, and it wasn't artillery hitting a neighborhood and maybe killing three or four people, it was summary execution of every person they found in that part of Israel. Summary execution. Took them, zip tied them, behind them, got them in the head. Very big difference from people who are killed in war because war has a completely different set of rules. If you violate it, you do it deliberately, that's called a war crime. Terrorism is when you hunt down the equivalent of 50,000 U.S. citizens and execute them one bullet at a time. So the precipitating event was designed by Hamas to do precisely what you see the Israelis are doing. They want this war they want this battle with their fighters they set up right to be in the middle of civilians so civilians would die at the hands of the Israelis because to them that's martyrdom
4: so how do you now? so how do you now deal with this some 300 uh, go to my iPad 300 to 500 thousand people uh, protesting uh, in uh, London over the weekend then of course you had thousands who were marching in Los Angeles in New York uh, and, and so and, and and now what you're seeing you're now seeing that this uh, conflict is having uh, a direct impact on the presidential election uh because Correct. if you now look at the poll numbers folks are pissed off a, a, a number especially a number of young voters at president joe biden's um a response to this uh the state department er, you know, early on saying no talk of, of a ceasefire and folks are saying what are you talking about and so that's the conundrum that we are now in in american politics
5: well look Let's go back to England and that march there. England has a a Muslim population that is astronomical compared to the United States. So seeing 100,000 people march in London in solidarity with the Palestinian people is fine. People marching in Los Angeles, people marching in New York City. I wrote a Substack op-ed just a couple of days ago where I said the problem that we're having with certainly a lot of these young voters and even African American Black Lives Matter activists they don't quite understand some of the words, terminology, and things they're vote protesting for.
0: Yes. A lot of people just going out to to say they were out there, and they don't understand uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, they don't understand the difference between Hamas and the Palestinian people. They think Hamas and the Palestinian people voted them in. No, there's not been a vote, which he's going to say, in Palestine and the Gaza Strip more than since 2000 so like 10 years. And uh, Israel is not, Israel has not been, excuse me, hands aren't clean either. This is uh, backlash of what they did.
5: For. This isn't about, I mean, whose babies matter more, right? When Israel goes and bombs Hamas, they are not aiming at the Palestinian people. For people who have never been in war, for people who have never actually had to plan these strikes, who have to knock out 500 kilometers of underground tunnels, to you it looks like indiscriminate bombing. I've had to plan these airstrikes, Bosnia, Libya, Lebanon, Iraq. Syria, we don't hit indiscriminately. The Israelis don't either, because one, it serves no purpose. Two, it does not degrade the terrorist group. Three, it just creates hate and, and mayhem. So, how, so so, Malcolm, so Malcolm, how do, how, how do you then, though,
4: explain yeah. to those very same people that the conditions under which the Palestinians are living, uh, un, being unable to self-govern, unable to move, um jimmy carter called it apartheid in his book and so how do you still even deal with that because that's really where uh, a lot of people are they're simply there are people who are saying they don't want to see death on either side they don't want to see israelis uh being killed and palestinians being killed and then it all comes back to a two-state solution
5: is that real can you ever achieve that that's politics and look, you're never going to find anybody. I, spent my, I speak Palestinian dialect Arabic, Levantine dialect Arabic. I have been for the two-state solution forever. You know, I've been in, in that region of the world for decades. Uh, but some things you do have to understand. Most of the people that are angry right now couldn't spell Palestine three weeks ago. They weren't angry when Sadat, when uh, Bashir al-Assad used chemical weapons and mass murdered 500,000 of their own people. There's a fight going on in Sudan right now. 5,000 people have been yep. killed by two factions that have been fighting. Somalia, Libya, Lebanon, oh Jesus, Lebanon. I went to the civil war. They had been massacring each other to the tune of 125,000 people. ISIS literally tried to wipe out all of northern Iraq and Syria and took slaves doing it. What people are showing here is one of two things. One, this is something they could wrap their head around because there's a lot of cameras. Or to be quite honest, there's a lot of inherent anti-Semitism in this. And maybe they think in solidarity with their Palestinian brothers and sisters who are angry that this position is the right one. But you know what? This is essentially like protesting for Al-Qaeda, all right, after 9-11. You have to determine your terminology and i've seen a lot of these young kids on campus do this you must exclude hamas from your discussion if you say you're for the palestinian people god bless them i love them be for the palestinian people but then you have to condemn the terrorist group hamas that is using 2.2 million people for human shields hamas is underground three four five you know hundred meters underground and they have left the palestinian people on the top to take the bombing from the Israelis. That's part of their strategy. Dead baby strategy, we call it. Terrorist groups have used it forever. I don't want to see this fighting, but this isn't a question of whether you can have a ceasefire. When you mass murder every individual, everyone, 1,400, one by one, then take 200 hostages, you're gonna get what you're getting. It happened to us, it happened with Al Qaeda, it happened with ISIS, <clears throat> Hamas, knew what they were doing, and they abandoned the Palestinian people above ground to take the Israeli shellings and killings. Even though the Israelis are trying not to kill them, artillery, bombs, rockets, and machine gun fire, if you do not displace out of the battle space, can hurt you and kill you. In many circumstances, Hamas won't let civilians leave. So, you know, unfortunately, this is called war. And people are talking like the Palestinian people weren't beleaguered before three weeks ago. Well, but, that, but 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 Malcolm, there there are
4: people who are who are activists who were there ta- are no, no 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 no. Follow me here. There were people who were talking about the Palestinian people before three weeks ago. Folks, we're talking to uh, counterterrorism expert and author Malcolm Nance. You see right here uh, a number of his uh, books. Uh, you can actually uh, check out uh, right there. Uh, my panel. They have been awaiting to ask you a few questions. I'll start first with Julian Malvo Dr. Julian Malvo uh, economist, President Emera, Emerita Bennett College. Julian, go right ahead.
3: Brother Malcolm, first of all, let me say how much I appreciate you and your work and your history and your legacy. At the same time, I have to ask you, because implicit in some of what you said has been basically an anti-Palestinian bias. Is it possible to be critical of Israel and still not be a being accused of being anti-Semitic. This happens in many of every day. We are critical of the relationship the United States has with Israel with the unfettered dollars that we've given to Israel. Can we basically articulate those criticisms without being called anti-Semitic?
5: Right. Well, first, I'm honored to be speaking to Dr. Julian Uh You're, you know, another one of my heroes. Uh, but let me answer your question quite plainly. I am a counterterrorism and intelligence expert. My job is simple, all right? We identify threats which meet the threshold of terrorism. We categorize those threats. We factor them in as to what culture, location, geography, all of those other things. And then we work back on the history. Hamas, by every definition, every definition, is a terrorist group. What they carried out on October 7th, without any question, was the summary execution, one by one of 1,400 people. That is where I draw the line on everything, okay? Anti-Palestinian, I've worked with the Palestinians for decades. I love the Palestinian people. I think that what happens in Israel is quite unfair. I am not for the, you know, the, uh, you know, the settlement of the West Bank. I'm a big follower of the two-state solution. I think that, given the right circumstances, time, maybe even now, at the end of this crisis, maybe the time for the Palestinian people to have g- true self-determination. Voting for Hamas 17 years ago, and then Hamas never running another opportunity for them to express leadership or for them to express who they want to be in, and now it's 58 percent. That prefer to have the Palestinian Authority in in charge. Hamas wiped them out in two thousand. You know, in the in the battles of two thousand five to two thousand seven, literally, literally wiped out the Palestinian Authority police. Uh, it is a terrorist group that is now running. All right, a a a a a, a, a population of two point two million people, and they do not spend their money on those people. They spent all of the piping that was supposed to be for underground water features to build over 10,000 rockets. They spent all of the concrete money to rebuild structures on a, you know, a, a, uh, a hundreds of kilometer multi-layered tunnel system, which we're now finding out uh, is a lot more expensive than even we thought. The Palestinians in Gaza, the Gazans, could have all of that aid money used for themselves. We saw a good example of it on the massacre. They caught the pickup trucks that were being used, which were supposed to be used for the municipality. They, The first aid kits on their terrorist groups were all donated by UNICEF for the population. This isn't about being anti-Palestinian. This isn't about being pro-Israel. This is about identifying a threat which which traps as hostages the entire 2.2 million Palestinians. Should we be sympathetic to the innocent people? Yes, we should. But we should also understand that Hamas has now reached the level of ISIS, and they are going to have to, well, essentially be treated exactly like ISIS, which is the only way you're going to be able to uh, get rid of the people who carried out that massive onslaught and break this cycle – is to free the Palestinian people and out the terrorism.
4: Uh, let, me, let me also remind you that uh, the Bush administration was told uh, by the PLO not to keep pressing for that election in Gaza. They ignored the PLO, and we see what has happened. There was the election. They said they said Hamas was going to win, and that's what happened, and there's not been an election in Gaza since. Majority- you're, you're, I make a quick
5: point on that. Because the Israelis, and here's where I criticize the Israelis, were so damn focused on killing Yasser Arafat and getting rid of their old nemesis, the Palestinian Liberation Organization, which became the Palestinian Authority, that they didn't—they un- uh, either they understood or they just didn't comprehend. They were electing an, a radical terrorist group. Well, 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 well,
4: well, we now have we now have Israelis who've been critical of Netanyahu uh, for basically cutting off the PLO and in, in a sense encouraging money going to Hamas in order to split those two apart. And th- this is now what we're left with. So to your point, what, what they did then is what Netanyahu, frankly, has continued up till this day.
3: Roland Nelson didn't answer my question about whether it was possible to be critical of Israel and still not be described as anti-Semitic. I think this is really important for some of the young people who are protesting and for many others.
5: Malcolm. Sure, I did it, not a mo- not a, not a minute ago. I was critical of Israel without being anti-Semitic. This is politics, this isn't religion. But what we're finding uh, in some of the protests, and again, I wrote this sub stack because I got sent some horrific stuff by African-Americans, uh, you know, I, I can tell when Palestinian-Americans or Arab-Americans or others, you know, people from Southwest Asia write to me in Arabic or, or you know, uh, but you know, we have some people here who are now essentially letting their freak flags fly. They are coming out and revealing an inner anti-Semitism, which, you know, to be quite honest, is, is not normal for this clash between African-Americans and, uh, and Jews. And they're making it that. Not Israelis, not Netanyahu. No one is ever going to support Netanyahu. After this, this massacre, he was a criminal, uh, essentially about to lose power, worked with the right wing, and he is responsible for a lot of this. But the terrorist attack, he is not responsible for, other than the fact that he moved three brigades off that border in order to suppress, uh, you know, assist settlers in the West Bank. Things will have to change here. You can criticize Israel, but you can and not be considered anti-Semitic. But if you support Hamas openly, which I have seen, now you are supporting a terrorist group. And that is where you're probably going to have a lot of trouble. Rolinda Shannon, go ahead.
6: Well, first, I want to say, um, you know, I take offense to you saying that anybody who sort of doesn't see the conflict the way that you see it. They are people who just learned how to spell Palestine last week. It's not true. Many folks have been informed about this ongoing conflict and what has happened and looking much further than October 7th and going back decades. I think that that is represented by the fact that you do have people across the, the world who are standing in support of Palestinians and also by the fact that you have what is a growing and significant Jewish voice of you know that is building and growing that are saying you know not in our name. We want a ceasefire. Um, and have consistently stood for Palestinian rights. So I'm going to ask you more of a political question since you sort of walked into what type of people you feel um, do not share your same viewpoint. And so the political question is, what would you say to people who are looking at this and are thinking about the fact that here in America they are paying tax dollars. As black folks, we are constantly being told that we can't have reparations because that's too expensive. We are constantly being told as Americans altogether that we can't do any sort of broad health care because that's too expensive. We're told we can't have child care. Um, universal childcare support, because that's too expensive. Everything is too expensive, but what is never too expensive is funding wars that are going on outside of the country. What would you say to people who feel like that? Because many people, they do know how to read, they have studied history, and they just have a different view than you.
5: Yeah, well, my view comes from the, the counter-terrorism perspective, as the person that had to deal with these people, for, for and I, when I say people, I'm talking terrorists, all right? I'm not talking the people of Palestine. And the only way that you generally get rid of terrorist groups is you have to you have to have the population lose their support. To have the shackles lifted off of them from groups like ISIS and Al-Qaeda and some, the Shabaab in Somalia. And that's the only way that they can start moving forward with their lives. So that's the perspective that I come from. It is not an anti-Semitic perspective, it is not an anti-Arab perspective. I've worked with both on both sides uh you know and certainly uh, every country that surrounds them uh from a military and intelligence understand it and believe me a lot of people are new to this for those who aren't b- bravo help educate the people who have just come into this and uh you know and this is no slam to the <coughs> people who are emotional about this because it is an emotional issue i was just in dubai and qatar on the days after the attack, at the same time Secretary Blinken and Secretary of Defense Austin were there. And the Gulf states, even though for all of their rhetoric, are really tired of the terrorism and having to fund, uh, you know, uh, these international groups. But here, for people who are here on this side, who see money going overseas, the kind of money we're talking about is one fraction, one fraction of a percent here in the United States. Now, Israel, every year, got $3.5 billion in defense support. As a balance for the treaty that they had with Egypt, with Anwar Sadat and Menachem Begin, we give Egypt $3.5 billion in defense support so that they can combat their current ISIS problem that's occurring in the Sinai. So, what do you say? We Why shouldn't we keep that money at home? We have more than enough money to walk and chew gum at the same time. Now, you're talking to a person who fought in Ukraine for a year with the International Legion. I hear the same argument about Ukraine, uh, even though we're actually saving money by giving these uh, archaic uh, weapon systems that would have to be disposed of and paid for through breakers and and people getting rid of ammunition the same way. You are not, as a person who is in, let's say, Detroit, going to receive 155 millimeter artillery shells that the United States already pre-positioned in Israel for a broader Middle East war. We are giving them those stocks. We are not giving the Israeli government money to expand their economy. We are not giving the Israeli money uh, government money to buy new villas. We are giving them war stocks that the United States paid for decades ago, which we store in Israel in order for them to start to carry out the operation that they may need. Not to mention, it's not just Hamas. Israel is preparing because they may have a multi-front war with terrorists in Lebanon, Hezbollah, a group that I worked against for decades, all right, uh, that are back...
0: All right, for... I don't think he's going to answer the question, but the answer to the question for anyone who's listening. Vote people who align with what you think. Don't stay home in 2024. Vote people who want reparations, who want health care, who want to help the uh, 99% of the people who work hard. Vote for those people.
5: Directly by Iran. Uh, Shia Muslim uh, militias that operate out of Syria, that Attack across the Golan Heights, you may have a three front war. And not to mention Iran, by extension, which had its uh, subordinates in Yemen fire missiles towards Israel. This can get a lot worse. And if you want to talk about American money going somewhere, just imagine this becoming a regional war uh, between Iran, Syria, Le- uh, parts of Lebanon, Hezbollah, and Lebanon and then the offensive that they're doing against Hamas. It's better that this not get out of control and that the United States support it with the resources which are already there.
4: I'm professorial lecturer, School of International Service, American University.
7: Yes, uh, Mr. Nance, I have a great deal of respect though, for your work and, and really have just an appreciation of not just your service, but your family's history of service. I, I think, you know, being on, on a campus, I see much of the difference between those who may you know support Hamas but much of what i'm seeing and, and even in colleges i'm speaking at across the country it uh, they are people who are able to differentiate between a terrorist organization and the people on the ground my, my question for you is i'm of the philosophy that you can't bomb an idea away i'm of the philosophy that for every one innocent killed you you can create 10 more terrorists and i just don't see how this leadership under Netanyahu, you described him as relates to the people he surrounded himself with. I don't see how this actually ends Hamas. In my opinion, I feel like this is something that is going to create more members of Hamas just by these violent attacks alone. You know this region better than most, and you know what people have nothing to turn to, may turn to the most militant wing, like you said, who's also been empowered by Netanyahu in some ways, but that's just going to continue the idea of Hamas, and I just don't see how this current strategy is going to lead to the ending of Hamas. Well, see, this is where I,
5: I agree with you. I've written three books, including a New York Times bestseller, on Al Qaeda and ISIS ideology and how they fight. Um, you know, you cannot shoot an idea out of if you put a bullet through the brain of a person. But this isn't an ideology. What you're seeing here is a transformation of Hamas's technique. Uh, yes, their, their ideology is is they are Palestinian nationalists. They seek the return of their homeland and when they say their homeland they don't mean gaza and the west bank they mean every inch of geographic israel as it was decided by the you know when it was carved out of transjordan by the british they're talking when they make that motto and this is where university students need to be a little careful when they say from the river to the sea they're talking about the elimination of all judaism and zionism whatever you want to call it all people you know, including, uh, as, as we saw on the October 7th attack, they wiped out an entire Muslim Bedouin tribe because they said, you were on the other side of the fence, you're no better than Jews. Uh, that's what they mean, the elimination of the state of Israel. Now, you and I both know that that's just rhetoric. That is never going to happen. All right, Israel is a nuclear power. Uh, they have a military force that, is, that has overmatch on all armies around them, Jordanian, Egyptian, Syrian, Lebanese, Saudi, it doesn't matter what you throw at them. If they go to full mobilization, they will defeat you. But in terms of Hamas and Gaza, the Israelis have made it clear that they are going to eat their way through Gaza City, because that's where the heart of Hamas's forces are. Now, there are three more sectors of the Strip. South of that, that they will probably have to deal with as well. But for the men who planned, um, mobilized, and crossed that border in essentially a, a, an invasion with the intent to kill every living Jew on the other side of the border, they did a pretty good job of it. Um, the Israelis are not going to be adopting a posture in which they will be allowed to exist. So they are taking a look at how we did the Battle of Fallujah in 2004 which is what our secretary of defense sent over advisors to say do not run into gaza it's an ambush that hamas set up for israel the entire 7 october attack was designed for you all of you to see precisely what you're seeing and to garner support middle east wide with protest uh you know i have an article coming out calling about how hamas needs those dead babies they have pandered this about forever. And now we've got dead Israeli babies. There is blood up on both sides. But you can wipe out a terrorist group for this generation. But here's another thing I caution, I caution all of my Israeli uh, followers of. There will need to be a grand deal at the end of this. Or you will go into Hamas 2.0, 3.0, with more enemies possibly coming from Lebanon, Syria, a massive explosion of Middle East terrorism. I predict we're going to see pro-Hamas terrorism here in the United States. And then you're really going to see American uh, American support change. We're going to go right back to 2001, the way people will start behaving. So something will have to change. The status quo of Netanyahu and now his unity government, he's not the only person making decisions. Is going to have to start thinking about in the two-state solution seriously. And I've had Israelis all week tell me to my face that will never happen. Now that these bodies have been stacked up in Israel, well, it will have to happen because it's the only way to break this cycle, uh, to empower the Palestinians themselves, and to rid Gaza of ISIS. You're going to see a world of Gaza Hamas has a military.
0: That is Ron Martin, Malcolm Nash talking about the Hamas Palestine uh, issue. Like I said, people, please vote, vote, come out and vote come out and vote so these people don't put us in World War three because people are protesting around the world for Hamas but Hamas is the issue you got to save the Palestine people from Hamas all right this has been... This has been the Common Sense Party Podcast. I am your host, D-O-T-T-L-E-Y. Rate us, review us, give us five stars, give us four stars, give us three stars, give us two stars, give us any stars. If you don't give us any stars, we just assume that we're doing it correctly. We are available on Spotify, Amazon Music, Samsung Podcast, Pandora, Google Podcast, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and we're still waiting for uh, Apple Login ID. All right, this podcast is set up so we can give you um, the common sense knowledge so we can battle these issues. Uh, today we talked about Iran. the Republicans telling you out loud that they don't want a democracy, Palestine, and uh, Palestine, Israel, and we also talk about Republicans saying they didn't do any work so please again, come out and vote please vote so we can put the people first because the current Republican party does not like poor people, they don't so, and with that we'll see you again later
1: Surrounded on all sides. The odds of survival are a million to one. Tianto Street! And with the collapse
3: of the former superpower, several powerful factions now find for control.
1: The threat is real. An evil organization calling itself Scar. Known only as Scar. Clear goal. Nothing short of total world domination. Led by this man, known only as Iron Claw. We will be victorious! Yes! Not, Not on my watch! Critical roll call, ballistic, harpoon, <laughs> damage, right, Lieutenant Stone. The odds are a million to one, and that's the way we.